0: 93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. This city, oh, is my city, and I love it,
1: yeah, I love it.
0: Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And Merry Christmas Eve to all of our listeners uh, out there in Eagle Land. We're so glad that you've tuned in this weekend uh, to our show. Uh, Glad to have you along with us. This is Fred Perry. Uh, we got a great edition of the CEO Roundtable uh, coming your way, and this is something that I wish... That we did more often, but unfortunately uh, we don't take the offer or the opportunity to bring on small business owners onto, uh, the CEO roundtable. And, uh, I wish we did more of it because this is really the fabric of our community and, and it's what business is all about. And so I'm very, uh, pleased to, uh, welcome, uh, two of the four owners of the Toasty Goat Coffee Company. Uh, and hopefully you have discovered the Toasty Goat over on Scott Boulevard. It's in the new Westbury Village and, uh, there by the new Mosers and there's a liquor store and a Wendy's and a Gas station and a bank, but uh, right in the middle, uh, the crown jewel of the whole development is the Toasty Goat Coffee Company. Uh, very pleased to welcome Dan- Danel Pravet and uh, Josiah Bryan to the four owners. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Good to have you on this weekend. Yeah, thank you so much. And Glad to be here. Con- and congratulations, uh, eighteen months in business now. So that's really uh, that's good that you have survived the first year which uh i know uh for small business owners is always very challenging and uh the good news is that you only have four more years of challenging business before you can start really having fun and and uh, enjoying the fruits of your labor but uh um so this is interesting there is a relationship here between the two of you you two are not only business partners you have an actual familial relationship uh
1: Josiah, tell me how you're related to Donnell. So Donnell is married to my brother-in-law, Nate, and they are co-owners. Um, and then Nate is brother of my wife, okay. Rachel, okay. who is also a co-owner.
0: Okay. So uh, Nate and Rachel uh, are the two owners that are not present today. But uh, Danelle, tell us a little bit about your background. Where'd you grow up? Uh, uh, where did you, uh, you go to school? Tell us where, where you came from.
2: Yeah, um, so I was born here in Colombia okay. and um, lived here until I was about 11. And then my family moved overseas to Ecuador. Wow. My parents were missionaries there for many years. I went to a, a small international high school there. Mm-hmm. And then when I graduated, I came back to Colombia, um, went to nursing school at Mizzou, and have stuck around ever since so that's yeah. a little bit of my background yeah uh
0: there's and you picked up some of your uh probably your uh your taste for coffee uh from the hills of ecuador i would guess definitely and, yes and um as in ecuador maybe, they
2: drink coffee at a very young age it's a lot of milk yeah. and sugar at first but it, it got me going <laughs> yeah yeah uh,
0: we had some uh good friends whose uh, son married a lady from ecuador and i think at the wedding they served guinea pig Yes, yeah. it's Which a delicacy is, there. <laughs> yeah, so who would have known? So anyway, uh, next time we're running low, <laughs> we can go fill up at the pet store, I guess. But um, uh, Josiah, tell us about your background. Where'd you grow up?
1: Yeah, I grew up here in Columbia. Um, so I um, was born in Missouri, uh, actually born in St. Louis and then moved here when I was six and then um, stuck around for college and... Then started teaching at the university for a while. What were you uh, teaching? Uh, mechanical engineering. Okay, very good. So I taught that for about seven years, actually, uh, and then we started this coffee shop. And yeah, so it's amazing.
0: On. Yeah. So uh, Danelle, are you still nursing? Are you still? I mean, are you still working in the nursing field?
2: I resigned this past summer. Okay. Um, I started out in in the ICU over at university. Really loved it. Yeah. Started having kids. Worked part-time and then it got to be too much on my plate once we were doing the coffee shop as well.
0: Yeah, very good. Uh, We had a great experience about six years ago at the ICU at University Hospital, Dr. Kofenauer, and uh, just uh, 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 amazing care over there. But that's a high-stress environment.
2: It is, and it's hard to do part-time. Yeah.
0: Plus, you got some kiddos at home, right?
2: Right. I've got four little kids at home. Four? Oh, my gosh.
0: All right. Well, that's no wonder you need so much coffee. That's that's (laughs) good. Um, And Josiah, are you still uh, using your engineering degree?
1: Uh, I am, yeah, actually. So I just started about five months ago uh, working on software for Equipment Share. Oh, okay. Um, So I'm doing software development there. Yeah. And uh, there's always engineering going on, whether it's just fixing coffee machines that break or do it crunching numbers or whatever so yeah
0: very good well that's great I um uh so the coffee, tell us a little bit about the the sort of the genesis of the of the coffee shop idea. Uh I remember uh I discovered you quite by accident only because uh, it's uh it would be hard for you to know this by looking at my physique, but I am a big fan of donuts and uh I first discovered you guys in a donut shop uh over on West Broadway. Um the Toasty Goat Coffee Company. I wasn't sure it was a coffee company. I thought it might be some kind of exotic cuisine, but it actually was was coffee uh in the donut shop. Uh tell us about your start. How to, How did that all come together?
2: Well, we started out really just with um, Rachel and I. When we started having kids, Mm -hmm. we missed going to coffee shops and be able to sit down and have a nice conversation Mm -hmm. because we felt awkward or out of place bringing babies and young kids into coffee shops. Um, So it just started out as a a dream. We would talk about it, send each other pictures like, well, this would be fun to have Mm -hmm. a a coffee shop. And it, it stayed that way for probably about a year or more. And then um, our husbands started, I don't know, getting interested and excited about the dream also. And we had mm-hmm. some friends that started their own small coffee shop. And that really sparked that dream to for us to realize we could actually do something. Yeah. Um, and so then Josiah started researching the coffee aspect and all of that.
0: Yeah, we are uh, visiting with Janelle Prevet and uh, Josiah Bryan, who are two of the four founders and owners of the Toasty Goat Coffee Company. Even if you don't like coffee and you're not a coffee drinker, stay tuned because we're going to, we're going to be telling you a lot today about small business and some of the struggles, but, but everybody loves desserts and there are some very special desserts at the Toasty Goat Coffee Company that we're going to talk about, uh, uh, here in a few minutes. So, uh, don't lose interest, even if you're not a coffee drinker. Uh, so, uh, when did you decide to actually, uh, pull the trigger and, and make this say, I guess I'm not allowed to say those words anymore, but, but when, when did you all decide that you were able to, you're going to do this. You're going to put uh your life savings on the line and open a coffee shop.
1: Yeah. Um so it was uh going into COVID. Um great time. Th- I know. Yeah. We we, <laughs> <laughs> we we decided that um we're kind of in this season where we're in our in our 30s. We've got kids. We're already used to getting up in the middle of the night and not sleeping and so like why not just do something crazy cuz even if it completely flops, then we still got time. We could, like, hopefully get some retirement in order <laughs> before we retire. So, um, yeah, we just decided to give it a shot. We talked to Travis McGee over um, with the, the Westbury uh, development and um, told him about our idea, and he was mm-hmm. open to it. And yeah. Ultimately, he said that it was probably going to be another year or so before he was ready for us, um, and so we just kind of started brainstorming, trying to figure out how could we get our foot in the door, what kind mm-hmm. of experience could we get, um, and we decided to start roasting our own coffee. Ah. And uh, fast what, forward after some some talking to the city and figuring out zoning rules mm-hmm. and health department and all that stuff, then we decided we needed to to start in somebody's commercial kitchen, yeah. and uh, that's when we, yeah. we got into the donut shop. You know,
0: there are a lot of coffee shops in Columbia, and... Um, Uh, Some people would say there's no shortage of them, but uh, what made you decide that you could maybe create something that would be different or unique from the other coffee shops in in Columbia? Danelle, I'll put you on the spot with that question.
2: Yeah, that is a great question. And I love a lot of the coffee shops that we have in Columbia. Mm -hmm. Um, Love going there and having coffee there. But um, something that we felt like, first of all, location wise, there weren't many local coffee shops on the west side of town. So Mm -hmm. That set us apart already. And yeah. then also, I think that um, just having a really family-friendly atmosphere, a place where anyone of any generation could feel comfortable because we have moms that come in with our kids. We have students who come in studying. We also have a retirement home behind us. So yeah. we have older adults that come in and sit and share coffee together. So it's a place where I feel like people from Anywhere in our co- community can come and feel comfortable. Yeah. So I think that's something that sets us apart.
0: There is something very different about the atmosphere. at. Uh, I have a lot of meetings. Uh, now that I, I'm kind of working on my own, I have a lot of meetings in coffee shops around town. But I got to tell you something. There's something very unique, very different about the environment or the atmosphere uh, at Toasty Goat. Um, Josiah, let me ask you about that. What what is it that's so different when you walk in? Uh describe it for our listeners who have never been.
1: Yeah. Um well there's a lot of things different. I mean, for one thing, we've got plants all over the place yeah like a jungle uh, yeah so.
0: and uh danelle you grew up in a jungle so that kind of reminded <laughs> you of your of right. childhood in ecuador right I bring a little home to Colorado. yeah exactly. that's right yeah. i mean I, I for people that don't have a green thumb you need to go ahead inside and, and check out these plants it's it's pretty uh, pretty impressive
1: so yeah anyway. and that's all danelle's work yeah um so so there's that um whenever we built it we we knew we wanted it to be community oriented so mm-hmm. there's no there are no real corners to escape into. Yeah. It's, you're really going to be sitting next to you and, and talking to people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't want to, even if you don't want to, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so that's, that was really by design. We wanted it to be a very open space, um, to really foster community and to, to make people comfortable with bringing their kids and having their kids in the, there's a play, uh, a play corner, um, where we have a little, uh, kitchen, kitchenette and uh a little mini coffee bar for them to play with and so there's just a very uh a big community feel to it
0: one of the things you first notice uh besides the plants uh there are these beautifully handcrafted these are not food service tables that you have bought at some uh auction uh these are handcrafted these are tables that were made by danelle your husband nate uh Specifically for the toasty goat, and this is reclaimed wood that was uh, found from what kind of building was it? Was it found in?
2: It was from an old silo.
0: An old silo, mm-hmm. and it's wood, and it's a beautiful. I mean, what, what's the the type of wood? Do you remember?
2: It's it's pine. Oh, it's um, pine. So It's pretty okay. soft, but yeah. it, it it is really beautiful. I was yeah. telling Fred earlier. I feel like it was hard for us moving into the space because it was just this big white box. Yep, yep, <laughs> and. To me, coffee shops are a place that have character, that have history, mm-hmm. um, so we wanted something that would bring an old soul to a new building, something yeah. that um, gave it a little bit of depth. So my husband is like all an all-in kind of person. Yeah. He's like, let's go big or not do it, so yeah. then he decided to um, make all the tables, he welded the table legs himself, um, he made the coffee bar, which is really beautiful and big and mm-hmm. heavy, um, so it was a lot of work but it was a labor of love I and mean, yeah. i really love it
0: and nate was one of your buddies josiah he was one of your buddies from college right you guys right, uh, yeah. were in the same bible study mm-hmm. where'd you guys go to school mizzou mizzou okay yep. they have bible studies at mizzou <laughs>
1: <laughs> quite a few actually you look in the right places i'm really
0: surprised <laughs> um yeah well so that's pretty cool so you guys developed this friendship is that how you the wives kind of met and i mean is this uh or did this happen before you were buddies with with nate um
2: I think so Rachel and Nate, um, their parents were also missionaries overseas. So they okay. grew up overseas as well. And my older sister and Rachel became friends That's just right. because of that uh-huh. kind of missionary yeah, kid, yeah, third yep. culture. Yep. So then they thought that Nate and I would make a great match and they tried not to make play matchmaker too much, but
0: it happened. <laughs> but it worked and, out. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, for the time being. It worked out right. great. Yeah, four kids later. So <laughs> right. um all right. So um so I want to talk about some of the things that I think are unique about Toasty Goat. Um, so the furniture is pretty cool. It's got a great story. There's plants everywhere. Uh, there's a really cool mural up on the wall. that reminds you of something from a Narnia. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's sort of a, it's a goat sitting at a coffee, uh, at, obviously in your coffee shop, drinking coffee, which is uh because in the mural, the, your flooring and everything matches. Uh, I mean, it's in the table. So it's um it's a pretty cool mural. And, um, the lighting is kind of unusual too, because that's all made from reclaimed materials as well. So, uh, just tell us about the the lighting in the Toasty Goat.
1: Yeah. So Nate also made these uh, two chandeliers uh, that are hung with Edison bulbs, giant Edison bulbs, mm-hmm. and uh, and the chandeliers are actually made from big um, spools, uh, is like the the ends of giant. Cable spools yeah. um, that were also from the the reclaimed lumber yard. Yeah, um, and
0: you got these Edison lights hanging everywhere, and mm-hmm. so it really just it, there's it's a cool as my son would say it's a cool vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just sort of a the lighting makes a, a big difference uh, in that place. Um, the we talked about the kids uh, area, the children's area that people can. Uh, you have a great patio, which is not exactly anything that anybody is interested in this time of year, but uh, it is, uh, you've got a big patio, which a lot of coffee shops don't have, which is which is really uh, kind of nice. Um, we are visiting with Josiah Bryan and Danelle, uh, Danelle Privet, who are two of the four owners of the Toasty Goat Coffee Company. And uh, it is located in Westbury Village, right off of Scott Boulevard. If you know where the new Moser's grocery store is, uh, you will be able to find the Toasty Goat. Uh, it's there next to Arena Liquor. And uh, there's a brand new bank right next door. It's a Tiger's Credit Union. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, and then behind the Wendy's... But- you'll find it and it's certainly worth the uh worth the effort. So um I would recommend taking an Uber there because it is kind of hard to find parking sometimes it's that it popular but but uh anyway but you there's you can always park Uh, in surrounding parking lots, not the liquor stores, but in surrounding parking lots and and, uh, enjoy your visit to the Toasty Goat. We'll be back after this. We're going to talk about some of the desserts that you get at the Toasty Goat and then we'll talk about the struggles. I mean, it's not all glamorous owning a small business. Uh, Getting a company uh, uh, going from startup is very difficult. We'll we'll talk about that as well. All of that and more is coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry and you are listening to 93.9 The Eagle.
1: Uh, You can talk about the pit Barbecue
2: the band was The people too. I mess around.
1: This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk
0: 93.9 The Eagle. <laughs> Welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show, Fred Perry, your host. Still kind of fighting a winter cold that everybody else in Columbia has had, so uh, I appreciate your patience with my gravelly voice. But we are visiting with two of the four owners of the Toasty Goat Coffee Company over there in Westbury Village. Uh, very successful. They are, they're off to a great start, and uh, they're doing great things for the community. Uh, one of the things that I noticed about the Toasty Goat, and I think the same is true, um, and this is really a cultural thing, but you go in... And there's something different about your employees, and I know that I'm an old-fashioned middle-aged white guy that uh, shouldn't be saying these things. But you know, you don't go in and and there's not a bunch of kids in there with neck tattoos and and teardrops tattooed on their face and and big gauges in their ears, uh, which makes me feel more comfortable. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be that way, but you got a wholesome group of kids. It reminds me of Chick Fil A. When you go and visit Chick Fil A. Uh, They seem to get the cream of the crop of employees uh, in this town, and it's as difficult as it is to hire people. For some reason, Chick-fil-A and the Toasty Goat Coffee Company have these great, all-American, wholesome kids uh, behind the counter working as barista so talk about your staff uh danelle we'll start with you
2: yeah uh so first of all i will say we're not anti-tattoo we do no some I, of our staff I, that's, that's fred perry <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm anti-everything <laughs> tattoos <All right.
2: laughs> um, but i think that um when we were going through the hiring process we really looked for people that um had just a love for people and a love mm-hmm. for the community and then um as we built up this company, we were really there in the beginning at all times. Um, just really working hard, pouring out our, our hearts into the business and really developed a sense of friendship also with our fellow coworkers. Mm-hmm. and then that culture just kind of continued and built on itself of um, not only do we care about our customers coming in and we're excited about um, the people that are going to be in our space, but we really enjoy being with each other as mm-hmm. well. And we have just amazing people that are working there, there that um, not only enjoy being there, they're friends with each other. And the it sounds cliche, but, you know, the friendship and um, the care that's happening for each other behind the bar really shines through then to the customers because there's just a warm friendly and genuine and authentic Mm -hmm. um, warmth that's there.
0: Yeah. There's a girl that works for you um, and uh, I think she's still in high school but I think she does a lot of the baking and uh, anyway she has got I mean it's really different. You know, the, the communication styles for, for kids of that generation have really changed because so much of it's done over their, their cell phones and everything. But, you know, the interpersonal engagement is, is not always as strong as you'd like for it to be. Uh, this girl is full of personality and she knows everything about baking and she takes a lot of pride in what she does. And so it's kind of a, uh, so is this part of, is this something you pick up on in the interview process or, or do you just get lucky?
2: Well, we interviewed very few people when we first started because um the people that we were interviewing, we had no business really yeah, yet. That's right. You know, we're like, well, we're going to start this thing and um so really they just believed in us and believed in our mission and mm-hmm. our vision. So, we pretty much hired everyone that we interviewed um and she we kind of she took a chance on us and mm-hmm. we took a chance on her. We knew that she was um enthusiastic and loved baking. Yeah. Funny enough, when she first started, she was only 15, so she couldn't do any baking. (laughs) She couldn't touch the oven or anything. Wow. Um, So when she turned 16, it was really exciting for all of us, and um, we have slowly been giving her more and more responsibilities, and she is um, taking it really seriously, and she's doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. Loves baking. It's definitely her passion.
0: I I was talking with her the other day, and her name is Mo. Am I allowed to say that on the Mm -hmm. air? Okay. But anyway... I thought was what was so funny is that you have these amazing recipes for desserts that are in your counter that that you sell there at the coffee shop. And uh but it's just funny to hear her from her perspective talk about how she has tweaked the recipes, how she has made them better. You know, this is like grandma's cookies, you know, that, that she's making better. But um I wanna talk a little bit about the desserts because that's something that I, of course, am very interested in. Uh but the talk around town for several weeks was about these cookies that were sold at the Toasty Goat and are they called grandma's what are they called grandma's cookies okay Mm -hmm. tell us about those cookies
2: so the cookies were um, actually it was a recipe from Rachel and Nate's mom that she had and so we loved them we adopted that recipe Um, and at Toasty Goat we try really hard to buy and use high quality ingredients. So mm-hmm. we use organic cane sugar, organic vanilla, you know, giardelli chocolate, mm. all that really nice high end stuff. Um, and then our secret ingredient in these cookies is molasses, which mm. is Old-fashioned, um, but it just makes them really rich and warm and very addictive yeah. also. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, th- I think there's some coconut in them, maybe?
2: There is some coconut, yeah. yes. And,
0: and there's a lot of stuff in there. And, and it was some molasses. You, know, you just kind of gave away your trade secret here on the radio, but it's got the <laughs> molasses in it. And I asked Mo what the secret ingredient was, and she told me it was love. You know what I mean? I thought, well, that's- that's a pretty good answer. You know what I mean? A lot of love does go to those I'm cookies. sure it that does. does. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard to buy it at the grocery store. So anyway. <laughs> um, so the uh, the other thing that uh, my wife loves from the Toasty Goat are these uh, lemon blueberry scones. Tell us about those.
2: So the scones, that was all um, Moe's recipe. Um, and... We make them fresh every morning. So, Mo
0: brought that recipe with her she at brought, the age of 15. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. And she
2: tweaks it continuously to yeah. make it better and better and better. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's impressive. That, that's great. Um, the um, I want to talk, uh, just I, a little bit about the, the, the beans that you guys are using. And I, I want to kind of talk about the source for the beans and the, the origin. And, and you guys, you know, part of your mission... Um, you know, there, You guys have some pretty high standards for just sort of the, the way you want to run your business and, and and I'm talking about high moral standards ethical standards uh, tell us a little bit about um, how that shapes that, that philosophy shapes uh, where you get your beans and who you buy your beans from
1: yeah for sure so we uh, primarily source our beans through uh, coffee shrub or also known as sweet marias in California they're an importer that does direct trade relationships around the world So literally each year they go around, they sample hundreds of cups of coffee. Um, They try to figure out which crops are the best, and then they purchase those crops directly from the farms. Hmm. Uh, And in doing so, they're able to guarantee that those farmers are being paid a premium for their product instead of just the commodity price, which is dirt cheap. Um, And so those, those farmers are profiting from it. Uh, They're able to then take those profits and put that back into their community and take care of themselves. Um, and it's, uh, it's just a, a – it incentivizes uh, higher quality product yeah. as well because then the farmer is incentivized for producing high quality coffee. Um, and so we really value what uh, Sweet Marias and Coffee Shrub have, have done in that realm. Um, they also provide a lot of detail about the tasting notes uh, that come out of these coffees and mm-hmm. what we can expect when we roast them. Uh, which is really valuable to us because we enjoy highlighting the, the nuances of the coffee. Um, and if you grow a coffee down the road from one farm to another, uh, it can taste completely different. Yeah. Uh, because of the climate, the soil, the cultivar of coffee, uh, the elevation, um, there can be all kinds of different factors, but we just really enjoy highlighting those single origin characteristics. Yeah, Uh,
0: We are enjoying a nice uh, cup of Caldy's coffee this morning, only because the Zimmer brothers who own these radio stations also own the Caldy's coffee company. You can't get Caldy's coffee uh, in Columbia anymore, unless you're a member of the crossing church, but um, it, tell us what are the, I I'm always interested in, I'm, i love to drink wine and scotch uh but tell me about the, t- the taste the tasting notes that you're picking up like is there something in that coffee now you can't say anything bad okay because uh, the zimmers own the radio station and the coffee company uh but is, is there any notes that you're picking up uh where this is a uh quality coffee of course was loved when they were here in columbia uh what what are some of the notes that you're picking up
1: uh there's some some chocolatey nut tones and chocolatey uh,
0: nut tones.
1: Definitely wow. sweet. Um, yeah. It's uh,
0: I don't get the sweet, but it, but that's um, my son tells me I love sweet coffee and I would never Order a, what I thought was a sweet coffee, but right. uh, the coffees that I order through direct Mail sometimes, uh, has sweet cereal notes to it, which, you know, I'm like yep. going, well, I would never order coffee that had <laughs> sweet cereal <laughs> notes to it, but, but it's what I love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so, um, what are some of the things if, if you're going to have the morning blend, uh, the house blend at, at Toasty Goat, what are some of the notes that people might pick up on? Does that coffee change from time to time? Or, it does. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. So tricky.
1: So because we, uh, we source them from the, small uh, origins um we do have to rotate semi-frequently so once a month once every probably six weeks or so we do kind of rotate our offerings um generally for our, our regular brew and our espresso we're going to use something that's that's fairly popular it's not going to be anything crazy but mm-hmm. it's going to offer kind of the standard sort of chocolatey nutty kind of sweet flavors of um Of kind of a medium roast um but uh we also enjoy highlighting some uh light roasts with uh fruity characteristics or um floral characteristics Mm. tea-like characteristics um and it's it's just really fascinating how different coffee can taste i mean you get an ethiopia uh that tastes like blueberry or you get a, a sumatra that tastes like um Tobacco or pine or cedar or things like that, and there's really wow. distinctive notes that come yeah. out um, of the the different origins. Yeah,
0: it's uh, now. Where did you? Uh, when did your palate start to? Def- uh, um, uh, Danelle ratted you out. She said that your dentist says you have more taste buds than the normal person, <laughs> which I thought was kind That's, of interesting. I, I have
1: heard that. I don't know if it's. it's, it's, it's I, I don't know how to check that. But so,
0: so, when did you start to have this refined palate where you could pick up these tasting notes?
1: Yeah, really. Just uh, in the past couple of years, I've really started uh, focusing more on um, the, the notes of coffee, and mm-hmm. as I roast, then uh, coming out with the the product at the end and comparing that to the roasting uh process and so if you roast it a little bit longer what happens if you roast it a little bit shorter what happens if you roast it hotter what happens uh and so i've just started picking up more on those notes and and um trying to become more aware of the the notes that i taste
0: now, what are some of the uh, most popular coffee drinks that are sold? I mean, uh, it's no longer about a cup of coffee. I mean, if you go in there and order a cup of coffee, you know, I think that the people sitting around you might look at you kind of strange. But, but there's some pretty fancy stuff going on in there. Uh, what are what are some of the most popular coffee drinks you sell?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I would say um, a pour over is something that we do well at Toasty Goat, and as Josiah was saying, that's our drink that we. Offer up when someone's really interested in tasting those mm-hmm. different flavor profiles. Yep. So we do specialize in pour-overs. Another drink that we do, which is unique to our coffee shop, is called the Creamy Cashew Natte. Yeah. And we started this drink back in our other location when we were just doing drip coffee and pour-overs. And uh, I really wanted something more like a latte, and we didn't have espresso machine. Yeah. So I found this drink, and um, really you just take drip-brewed coffee and you put it in a blender with a handful of cashews a little bit of pink pink himalayan salt some vanilla and a pure maple syrup
0: what could be wrong with that <laughs> right? and yeah, you just blend it up gosh. and it
2: makes this like instant cashew milk yeah and it makes a really but creamy but it's a non-dairy ready. product it's a so, non-dairy so, um, yeah. beverage um, which is a really great option for people with allergies yeah and,
0: but it's like uh, being able to uh, enjoy a latte without without having milk in it. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Okay, so that's called the n- naughty? nutty,
2: The creamy cashew. Okay, the nat-tay. creamy cashew mm-hmm.
0: natte. Because mm-hmm. okay. it's not
2: a latte, so it's a oh, natte. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Just now, I'm,
0: I'm kind of thick. All right, very good. Yeah, the pour-overs are, um, I don't know if uh, my son Nick is listening this morning or not, but uh, he's. that's what he wanted for Christmas was one of those you know pour over things which which you know uh, I got to tell you it was a little hard to find this year they uh, they must be very popular so anyway but uh um uh if he's listening to our Sunday night show, he'll know what he got for Christmas. Ooh. But if he's listening this morning, he's, yeah, I just ruined for him. But, um, yeah, the pour overs are pretty cool. Uh, I, I'm not patient enough for a pour over. It takes a little too long for, for a pour over for, for me. What else? Uh, we got time for one more drink. What's up what's, if you go in there and say you're just not a huge coffee fan, um, or, or just do both. You're a huge coffee fan and you're not a huge coffee fan. What would you order?
2: So for, a coffee fan, but someone that wants something a little sweeter, we do seasonal drinks, and often um, our baristas will be experimenting throughout the year, and they'll um, offer up different options. Yeah. So, so the for French,
0: Christmas you had, what would what you have French for
2: Christmas? French Toast Latte.
0: Okay, oh, French Toast Latte. So ah, I would recommend okay. that
2: one. Also, our peppermint mocha is really good. We make all our syrups in-house. Yeah. And then um,
0: and that's seasonal, right? It's only those during are Christmas? seasonal. Okay, all right. And
2: then the Charlie Bear, which is a smaller drink, more coffee-concentrated And then for non-coffee drinkers, I would recommend our chai. Oh, yeah. Because we make our own chai concentrate. From scratch. From scratch, crush up the... Um,
0: Little chai berries? Yeah. Exactly. Not really. So I
2: I would recommend to try that.
0: Okay, very good. We are visiting with Danelle Prevett and Josiah Bryan. Uh, They are two of the four owners of the Toasty Goat Coffee Company. you got to check this place out. Uh, It is an amazing place, not only just to hang out, but also enjoy some great drinks and desserts. We'll be back. Uh, You're listening to the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry, and you're listening to 93.9 The Eagle.
1: This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle.
0: And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Merry Christmas, everybody. Glad that you have tuned in on this Christmas weekend uh, I uh, hope that you are enjoying this cold, frigid weather. Uh, don't worry, it'll be uh, 106 degrees and humid before you know it. So just enjoy it while you can. Uh, we are visiting with Janelle Prevett and Josiah Bryan, who are the uh, two of the four owners of the Toasty Goat Coffee Company. Uh, we've been talking about some of their fun drinks that you can go in and order. We've also talked to you about some of their desserts. Are we are we short-shanking uh, any of the other desserts, I um, I mean, it's hard to get beyond the grandma's cookie and the lemon blueberry scones. Is there one more dessert that people ought to try, uh, Danelle?
2: Right now, our pumpkin bread is really popular. Okay. It's a good staple.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pumpkin bread. All right. Good. Good. Um, Josiah, I want to talk to you a little bit about the roaster. Um, you found the roaster and like every small business in America, this business started in your garage. And so you were experiencing, experimenting with, uh, roasting coffee beans that your, your neighbors thought you were probably smoking something else. Mm -hmm. Uh, but anyway, tell us about the trial
1: and error of the, of roasting the coffee beans and how
0: easy is it to burn a batch of beans?
1: Um, I mean, easy if you're trying, or if you like forget or something, and you yeah. you walk away for too long. But um, honestly, it's 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 pretty easy to just roast a decent a decent batch of coffee. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, and so then, I mean, within that, there's obviously a lot of variables: the temperature, the time, the uh, how quickly it's heating up, all those kinds of things. And so we try to monitor those pretty closely um, with software and and whatnot. But but really, it's uh, it's easy to get a, a decent cup of coffee, and especially considering that it's freshly roasted, that just makes a, a huge difference hmm. in uh, the flavor. Um, and and it's so much different than what you'd find in a grocery store. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's really just uh, kind of trial and error, like you said, yeah. and figuring out. Okay, well, if you take this this particular bean a little bit darker, it's going to taste. A little bit smokier, a little bit more chocolatey. If you take it lighter, it's going to taste a little bit more fruity or a little bit more floral or whatever. Um, and so, trying to find for each individual bean what the the best kind of roasting recipe is, uh, then then once you. Settle on that, trying to do it as consistently as
0: possible, yeah, now there are probably people in our listening audience this weekend who are perfectly satisfied as I was for fifty of my years of my life with a good old cup of Folgers uh, mm-hmm. coffee at Maxwell house, uh, fill it to the brim with rim or rim with brim whatever it's called uh uh there was a what was a nutty nutty one there was a name of a coffee chock full of nuts nuts, absolutely someone gave that to me for christmas a couple years ago (laughs) i don't think i've opened it yet uh but um why why should you venture i mean is is there a whole nother world is it like going into the secret garden uh with coffee i mean is, is there just why why would i you know i'm good and safe with my cup of folgers why should I venture out and and uh, try something
1: a little different? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a secret garden. I'd say it's more like walking outside. It's really? like opening the door okay. and leaving your house. Yeah. Um, so it's not an exclusive club no not oh, at all it's, I, I wanted it really club. <laughs> it's a night and day difference yeah. uh and for a number of reasons i mean first of all the freshness makes a huge difference um because coffee goes stale after a couple of weeks uh it past, does? past its roasting oh it starts to lose its its flavor um Fresh and so hmm. yeah those first couple weeks really yeah. are kind of the the ideal point um so, freshness makes a big difference. Uh, the roast level and how it was roasted. Um, once you roast beyond kind of a certain point, you lose a lot of the origin characteristics. <clears throat> just, uh, you don't, you're not able to taste the distinctive differences from one farm to another mm-hmm. anymore because it all just starts to take kind of, kind, kind of smoky. Uh Something if you go really dark, it's kind of ashy.
2: talked about before was comparing it to toast, where if you like take the toast you know you toast it for a long it just takes tastes yeah. kind of burnt yeah but if you take it lighter you can taste all the different kinds of breads oh. so that yep. analogy helped me
1: oh or or meat is the same way i mean if, if it's well done then everything's going to kind of taste a little bit more like hamburger mm-hmm. but if it's a, a lighter uh, so you don't buy the caramelized
0: uh, lie it's uh it's just uh it's burnt it's yeah. burnt it's burnt <laughs> yeah nah, it's just slightly yeah i mean
1: it, and some people really like that smoky dark uh intense kind of ashy sort of flavor and that's okay <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's almost like a campfire yeah, in some yeah. in some it's a instances. Good source of um, yeah, yeah. But but huh. really, taking it lighter, you're able to accentuate and experience more of those subtle um, origin characteristics, the, yeah. f- the fruitiness and the floralness and the yeah. the chocolaty nuttiness and mm. uh, things like that.
0: The only exception to that rule is butter. Uh, the <laughs> the browner the butter, the better it tastes. And so you <laughs> just got to re- remember that. Uh, something a very educational show this morning. Um, you know. When you, uh, as someone who owned a business in this town for 25 years, uh, uh, I really used to think that, that uh, being a business owner was very glamorous. And then I experienced being a business owner. And um, the sleepless nights, uh, for me, sleeping in the fetal position, uh, dealing with employees, uh, worrying about making payroll, um, you know, worried about people stealing from you, uh, dealing with landlords, all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I think that, you know, the, the people that are listening to the show, it's, it's a business show. And so I, th- I think they probably want to hear about sort of the, the, the trials and triumphs for a mm-hmm. small business owner. So, Danelle, what, what has it, what, what shocked you about the last 18 months of once you opened up this big, beautiful coffee shop, uh, reality sets in. And I, I mean, I know it's been a very positive experience for you all, but what's, what's been one of the biggest surprises about owning a business that, uh, maybe you didn't anticipate?
2: That's a good question. Yeah. Um yeah, it's definitely not glamorous. I really really love it, mostly for the people yeah. that I've met. Yep. Um and kind of meeting more people and other businesses in the community has mm-hmm. been really fun. Probably the the challenging thing um has been time management yep. with like home life and yep. family and little kids and yep. also you know, when you're a business owner, you don't just get to leave work at work. You're always thinking about all the all the things that yeah. um, we really care about our employees and want to take good care of them. So it is kind of this weight. But for me, what has been really good and beautiful is I'm you know, not doing it alone. Rachel and Josiah are also a part of it. And my husband, Nate, and we each kind of have a different interest, yeah. a different part of the company that we care about. Yeah. So I'm not carrying that load on my own, which makes a huge difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, one of the things that I've heard you say recently, Josiah, is that you intentionally decided not to get a location with a drive through. Yeah. And, you know, um, probably a lot of the people listening to this program don't have a lot of free time on their hands, uh, and they want to make it quick and, uh, get a great cup of coffee and, and drive on. But, but there's, uh, one of the ingredients of, of your, uh, sort of culture is, is community. And, uh, you want people to come in and slow down and sort of just savor the moment talk talk a little about that philosophy
1: yeah for sure uh so in a lot of cultures coffee is actually an excuse to take a break and to sit down and have a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. uh in the u.s it's almost become the opposite of that where it's become we have this drive-through culture of you gotta over caffeinate and so that you become more productive somehow at your mm-hmm. job and Uh, and really it's kind of become an excuse to not take a break almost Um, and we wanted to kind of reverse that as much as possible Mm -hmm. Um, and and we still strive to be efficient We, we don't dilly dally behind the bar making your beverage but um but we we do want things to be a little bit slower paced um and that's on purpose uh because it it fosters an opportunity to have a conversation and to develop a connection and to make a relationship and um And that's really valuable in our culture, especially.
0: When you first walk into the Toasty there's an interesting piece of artwork, uh, a chalkboard right behind the register that has all these post-it notes on it. Uh, Danelle, what is that chalkboard with all the post-it notes on it?
2: That's called our Toast It Forward board.
0: Toast It Forward. Yes. Okay.
2: That's how, that was Rachel's idea. Uh-huh. and huh um, And basically, you can come in and pay ahead for somebody else. So you can put a certain amount of money, and you pay for it ahead, and then they get their name yeah. put up. And sometimes it's just a really general, like someone in scrubs or a police yeah. officer. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so if you uh, want to buy a cup of coffee for a Columbia police officer or a Boone County sheriff's deputy, you just go in there and... and uh, 10 bucks and, and um, the post it note gets posted, and, and really the first cop or uh, deputy gets the CC gets to use it if they want to, right?
2: That's right. And, and often I find that then they, they want to yeah. pay for like, it as well. Yeah.
0: So you need a bigger chalkboard now, <laughs> <We> probably. <do. laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, you see a lot of familiar names. And so there really is a sense of community. And, and I, you know, I, I don't know that uh, there there's nothing. Outwardly Christian about the, I do see there's a Bible verse that's been uh, burned into the side of a couple tables, but, but there, but you just get the feeling that uh, that's a big part of sort of the corporate culture that there is uh, people of faith that are getting together. And uh, is there anything you would want to, most people listen to this radio station are all about faith, so they're not going to be turned off by that. So, um, what, what, what is the faith ingredient that, uh, that people don't normally talk about when they talk about their business?
1: Yeah, it's been a very crucial part of our uh, journey. I mean, we we prayed intensively whenever we were going into this to just discern, like, is this really what we're supposed to be doing? This yeah. seems crazy. Why are we doing this? Yeah. But we really do see it as a ministry, as an opportunity to just serve the community and foster a place for people to, to develop relationships and to have those meaningful conversations. I mean, so many meaningful conversations take place over a cup of coffee yeah. um, and just gathering at a coffee shop. And so we really wanted it to be a place that just welcomes people that they walk in and they feel loved they feel yeah. cared for um, and that's something that we really strive for
0: yeah it's an interesting cross section you, you see the moms with little kids in there you see college students uh, you see senior citizens um, and so it's just a very interesting mix of community which is I think uh, one of the things that, that makes uh, the, the place kind of um, um, unique very unique uh, Josiah what was your biggest surprise when it came to uh, the business side of things
1: Yeah, I think uh, probably for me, uh, well, number one, parking. So that's been an issue. But you can get around that.
2: If you're willing to walk a little, if you're willing to walk yeah.
1: a little, or pay to park your truck in the fire lane, yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I think the the other thing is just been trying to uh, to turn up profit with it, yeah. and we've been very successful. It's been uh, really blessed, I and mean, we felt really um, had a lot of, a lot of favor in the community, a lot of popularity, and that's been great. Uh, but it, at the end of the day, it's just a low margin business. And especially whenever we see it as an opportunity to, to minister to our community, we don't want to jack up the prices just because we can. Yeah. We want it to be something that is accessible and that, um, that really welcomes people in. And so it's kind of a, a tricky balance. Cause then on the other side of the coin, we're wanting to source our ingredients very ethically and pay a premium for those. Yeah, And it doesn't leave a whole lot of room in yeah, the middle, yeah. but that's okay. I mean, we see it really as a, as a project that, um, that helps our community. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's, what's important.
0: And it's pretty cool because, you know, both of you grew up, you know, as, as, uh, in families of missionaries. And so you, you have a heart for serve, for serving other people. And, um, and this is just a uh, kind of a really cool way to serve other people and, and, uh, uh, again, it's not glamorous, but it's very rewarding, isn't it? You it, know? Is, yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, you can tell. Well, uh, Danelle and Josiah, thank you very much. Uh, next time we'll have on, uh, Rachel and Nate and, and get their, uh, their side of the story. But it's, it's fun to talk about a small business in our community that was started the way that you all started it, uh, from scratch. And, and, uh, so congratulations on your first 18 months of success and, uh, Merry Christmas to you. Thank, thank you. you. Merry <laughs> Christmas. All right, great to have you all with us. So check out the Toasty Goat over at the Westbury Village off of Scott Boulevard, near the Moser's Grocery Store, and uh, you will not be disappointed. It's a pretty cool place to hang out and get some excellent desserts and coffee. This is Fred Perry. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in and wishing you uh, a very Merry Christmas. Don't forget the reason for the season, and uh, that is the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We appreciate you all tuning in this weekend. We'll see you next weekend with another stellar edition of the CEO Roundtable. This city is my city
2: yeah, I love you